Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Seattle Sports Talk, Seattle Sports, Seattle Sports Talk podcast. All you Seattle sports fans, and of course Game of Thrones fans. We're not going. I decided to go with that. Of course, as uh, the opening theme for today, kind of changing it up a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, Matt is going to be joining us here in about a couple minutes, and I got a good, and I mean a good, good theme uh, up for him. Uh, so, big week here in Seattle sports. Uh, Seahawks training camp is underway, so basically football season. Uh, as a lot of 12s on Twitter are saying, it, football is basically back, and football is underway. We've already had the first preseason game of the season, the Cowboys versus the Cardinals, and quite frankly, I could get, I could not care. I could not really care. <laughs> I really don't care about, uh, you know, a practice game that's not uh, – Seahawks, but but then also for, for little odd reasons, I, I don't really care about uh, the preseason for the Seahawks as much as a lot of other people should. But you know what? I'm still excited, still very excited for uh, this upcoming season for the Seahawks. Um, me and Matt are going to be getting a little bit into uh, something that happened uh, during Seahawks training camp that uh, needs to be uh, talked about. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick and. You know what? I think I think you know what? I've given in. 
See, Colin Kaepernick is actually getting treated unfairly. I will say that. Um, we'll get Matt's point of view in a little bit, but uh, we're gonna. But of course, me and Matt, we're gonna be talking Mariners, of course, uh, to start this entire podcast. We're, and then, of course, we're gonna go into our final segment in which we talk uh, off topic. We're actually gonna talk about some of the, some of the funnier moments that have happened to me and Matt during uh, Seattle sports moments, but. Uh, you guys know him, and you guys love him. He's from Arizona, so let's go ahead and bring in uh, Matt. Hey man, you know I'm never gonna give you up, and I'm never gonna let you down, Mike. <laughs> I thought like that one. I actually had a. Uh, I'll save the. I'll save the one that I actually had for you as well lined up, but I uh, went past that song, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna Rick Roll, Matt. And. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's it's always a pleasure to be Rick Roll. Oh yeah, and uh, before we get started, of course, I gotta always rem- ask Matt: Did we watch Prehistoric Park? You know, I started it, Mike, and and uh, it was a little tough to find it, um, but I was able to start it and find the pre- uh, kind of like the premise of it and get some reviews on it and learn about the show. And I think, is it Nigel was the main character? Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I started, and, 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 I, and I really, I, I was enjoying it. It kind of, I think you even brought this up, but it was a lot like watching Jurassic Park. And it was really cool. It kind of took me back a little bit. Um, so I'm going to dig into that a little bit more and see if I can uh, find the first season and, you know, uh, put that on my to-do list. But, no, I dig it. That's a great choice. Yeah, Pretty definitely. Park. Yeah. And, and now now I can stop asking Matt every other week if he's watched it. <laughs> but he's reviewed yeah. it. So, Matt, uh, today the mm-hmm. Seattle Mariners finished off a doubleheader against the Kansas City mm-hmm. Royals, finished off a four-game series against the Royals. Yeah. And you know what? I will say this: mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset that we split with the Royals. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm actually happy that we split with the Royals because uh, mm-hmm. I said this on Twitter. I'm going to say this: it's better to be one and a half games back than it would been than it would have been to be two and a half or three and a half back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, they they took advantage of the uh, the series with Texas split the series in Kansas City. And, you know, Kansas City's a tough team, and there's a reason why we're uh, trailing them in the uh, wild card. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take this. And looking ahead, you know, we got uh, to, uh, tomorrow off, thankfully, after doubleheader. Uh, that's really nice to have that. Two in Oakland, and then uh, a yeah, seven-game homestand. You know, uh, I, I think we're putting ourselves – this is a really good opportunity to climb that ladder and make some more um, progress in that wild card. And then we begin a uh, – we head off to Tampa, who's a game ahead of us in the wild card. So a yep. lot can happen the next week and a half, a lot. And I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it because next week – because this fall, upcoming week 
Is Edgar Weekend? Will you get to the Mariners get to retire Edgar Martinez's number? No, no other player in the organization will be able to wear it. And by the way, I want to remind Mariners fans since this is the 40th anniversary, uh, on this date in MLB history, at this time, the Mariners were throwing out the first pitch. Uh, Felix Hernandez started it, started the game <laughs> in which the Mariners retired Ken Griffey Jr.'s number, and. <laughs> I will say this, man, and he said the two words that just stuck with us and basically almost almost truly put us in the post in the playoffs, two words that I don't think any Mariners fan will ever forget. Keep fighting. Just keep mm-hmm. fighting. And you know what? I think the Mariners are still using that because um I do want to give a big shout out to Brian on Twitter because he actually uh, was saying this uh, before the Mariners did it, but he was—he uh, has—he's come up with two really good hashtags: uh, hashtag Bring It and hashtag Shock the World. And you know what? Mm-hmm. The Mariners can shock the world. The Mariners are going to bring it. But the Mariners started wearing T-shirts on this road stand that uh, said Bring It. And you know what? I think I think he actually had a had a little bit uh, a little ingenuity in that one. But uh, I but before I get your comments on, or let me get your comments on that before we actually I actually bring up an interesting topic. But yeah, man, I mean your thoughts on the fact that you know a year ago Griff, Griffey said two words, and all and it, all it took was just two words to ignite the Mariners almost into almost into the playoffs by two games. Mm-hmm. Was keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. This is a team that's had its back against the wall the entire season. I, I mean, and look, a lot of people have given Scott Service a lot of flack, and I've seen on social media, and, and I don't like it because you tell me any other coach that could battle this much going through with all the injuries they've had, at, especially at pitcher, all across the board, this team has been through so much, and they're still fighting. I mean, I'm really proud of this team. I mean, a game over 500, still in the playoff hunt. There's still a lot of season left. There's still a lot of opportunity. The whole complexity of this team's season could change in this next week. Day to day, and I, I'm really, I'm really proud of this team. I'm really proud of Scott Service. They're doing, I think they're doing a great job. I, I mean, you know, with the uh, the loss of Felix Hernandez, you know, getting thrown on the 10 day DL, it's almost like uh, what's new. You know, most Mayor fans didn't even flinch. It's just no, hey, no, you know. I, I got to stop you real quick there, Matt. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of us did kind of were a little upset, and I did want to bring well, this up. I did want to bring I did want to bring this up to you. I don't mean to interrupt you. I really don't. Um, mm. But you know what? With the fact that we now have Felix Hernandez on the DL, mm-hmm. and the fact that you know we're looking at we're we possibly are not even going to see Felix again. I believe that's oh. what they. I, I only I don't think we are going to see Felix again this year. Even if we make the postseason, I don't believe that we are going to that that the the Mariners are going to see Felix Hernandez again. And also we lost David Phelps today to a right elbow injury. So that's even – oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a little upsetting. I mean, to, to lose a guy who we just got yeah. um, like that, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. But you know what? I want to say this. I want to put a little bit of blame. I'm going to put a little bit of blame on 
Scott Service. I have to because I, I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put I'm gonna say this I'm gonna put equal blame on both Scott Service and Felix Hernandez. I say feel I say Scott Service because I think Scott Service might have might have been approached by Felix or he might have known about this. Now, I'm here's the thing I don't know we don't know all the details. You've already said this we don't know all the details. So I'm not going to put too much I, – I want to say this. I'm not going to put too much blame on Scott Service, okay? I'm going to be very fair to him because, I mean, you're right, Matt. Without him, we're not going we're not – without him being our manager, we're not going to be in the spot that we are right now. But um, I'm going to just put, like – I'll say I'll put 30% of the blame on Scott Service because he might have known about it. But I'm going to put – and you remember a couple weeks ago when I gave my award for the Most Valuable Jackass Award? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The MVJ of this week goes to Felix Hernandez because Felix knew. Felix knew he had a problem. He said that he had a problem. His 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 friggin' ego got in the way, and instead of telling Scott Service, hey, you know, my bicep's not feeling too well. I think I should sit this start out because I want to actually be there for my team. I want to I want to continue to help my team. He went out and pitched. And uh, let me go ahead and look back at Felix's start. Uh, I don't mean to keep going back, but Felix started anyway. And uh, who did he start against? Did he start against uh, – he started against uh, Texas, right? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. He, did. he started against Texas, and uh, nope, that wasn't the game. Uh, was it the – was it this one? Yes. So he started against uh, Texas. He went five and a third, gave up six hits, four runs, all of them earned, three walks, five strikeouts. That was the game where he threw uh, 104 pitches. But again, you know what? And please, please be honest with me. I mean, do, do you, I really think that Felix deserves most of the blame here because, again, he had to have known about this during that game. But instead of taking care of himself, his ego got in the way and he went out and pitched, made it worse. Now, he has put the team in a very bad situation. First of all, big congrats, big ups to Marco Gonzalez at a great first start. He was getting squeezed the whole way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's face it, getting squeezed is, is, got, is a Mariners pitcher tradition. He, every, pitcher, every Mariners pitcher seems to get squeezed. But, again, uh, I mean, seriously, I'm putting 70% of the blame on Felix Hernandez because this is – he has put this team in a very bad situation to where Scott, to where now Jerry Depoto, he has to go out and get a starting pitcher. Now it puts more pressure on Jerry to find the right starting pitcher. And, and Matt, I, I mean, be honest with me. Do you th- most of the blame needs to go on Felix for this because his ego got in the way, and instead of being, taking the safe route, mm-hmm. he just made it worse. He made it worse. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, hey, let's just let's just jump back for a second. So, uh, are we past the ten day DL? I mean, it, are we looking? Are we sure Felix is out indefinitely outside of ten well, days? Well, it's it's a bicep it's a bicep uh, mm-hmm. injury, the same type of injury that also kept uh, Charlie Furbush out on the te- uh, that he went to the ten day DL, and then it mm-hmm. ended up going to the sixty day DL, and then it was okay. also. And this is also a same situation of where Paxton had that same injury, and instead of being mm-hmm. out for maybe two weeks, he was out for a whole month. He was out for a month mm-hmm. and a half. 
Well, yeah. Well, let, let's play it by ear. You know, right right now, we we know we know for certain it's at least ten days. And and, and what I was saying was with uh, you know most Mariner fans not flinching. It, it's just one of those things where hard times just come easy for us. You know, it's just this is the norm. This is kind of what we've experienced. It's like what's new, right? And so it, this is kind of the whole philosophy, the whole mentality this year is just the next man up. And doesn't it feel like that? It's just, hey, next man up. All right. I mean, you know, it sucks. It's not what you want. But um, look, I'm gonna and I'm gonna give Felix the benefit of the doubt here, because when when you have one of the greatest pitchers in MLB history tell you, I'm good. I'm good. What, what do you do? I, I mean, what do you do? This is this is one of your best pitchers outside of James Paxton this year. I I'd probably say it's Felix is our best pitcher. Um, you know, when Russell Wilson tells you, "Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good." You know, what are you supposed to tell him? No. You know, and so look, that could be it. It could have been his ego and his pride getting in the way a little bit. But you know, for someone that's on his high of uh, I'll say, uh, <laughs> looking for the right words, uh, I want to phrase this right. Someone who's, who's done as well and has made as much money as Felix has and to still have that fire burning, to, to not let, you know, some soreness, some tightness get in the way, to want to go out there and compete, you know, I, I give him all the credit in the world. And, but, you know, there comes a line. There, there comes a line you do have to draw and you've got to know your body. and I, I think this is this could be one of those things we're seeing with Felix and you and I have talked about this, where you know you, you're not you're not 25 forever. You know, eventually your body starts catching up with you, and that little soreness five years ago, yeah, you can play through it, right? But now maybe it's not something you can just play through. You got to take it more seriously. Your rehab's going to take longer. I mean, I'm hoping by all means, I'm hoping. It's nothing more than 10 days. But if it turns out to be a month, I mean, it is what it is. Next man up. We, we got some young arms that, you know, we'd like to see some more out of. But I, I'll, I'll be honest, at the end of the day, I don't think it's the, the biggest hit in the world to us. And the way Felix has kind of been pitching, it's, it's just been a little rocky. So... I, I'm just hoping that when he comes back, if he comes back, you know, uh, I kind of go out of limb there. If he if he comes back soon, within the next two to four weeks, I, I'm just hoping that we can get the best Felix we've had all year because we really need him. We we need all our pitchers to come through this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, man. I appreciate. I mean, I was. You know, this is why I love. This is why I really. I'm going to say this, man. I really love having you on here. I really love the fact that you t- take time out of your day, take an hour and a half, two hours to come on here and talk this because this is what I love doing. And I know you love doing this, but again, you are right. You are you're, you're 100 percent right about this because w- let's just hope that this is just a 10 day thing and that we do mm-hmm. get Felix back uh, to help us make that push to the postseason. And you're right. They're, they're, you know, next man up, next man up. Who's up? <laughs> right. That's kind of what it is. Right? Isn't that what it feels like? And and that's what I meant. Look, I, I was as upset as anyone. That's like, golly, oh really? 
does this, but was anyone shocked that, man, it, it just happens again, you know, it's just, this has been one of those years, but, you know, it, you got to you got to give the front office a lot of credit and this team a lot of credit to be able to just continue to battle and you know to go into Kansas City you know who you're trailing a game and a half of the wild card and show up and split the series you know that's not easy to do um, you know go down there and and split that and you know with with God knows who's pitching right and uh, split a doubleheader uh, on Sunday or today and uh, yeah they're, they're they're battling, and that's all you can do. That it's all you, they can do, and uh, you know I'm proud of them for how hard they're battling. And man, I'm just man, I'm just like every other Mariner fan that really loves this game. It's just man, just put it together and get that spot. Just get into the playoffs this year. That's that's just get there, man. And then and then and then we'll we'll go from there. But yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're you're fine, man. I agree with you, man. We do we do need to get to that spot. Uh, getting on to another topic, uh, I decided to pull out, put out a poll yesterday, and this is something that me and Matt are going to discuss in what, in the next week, or excuse me, uh, yeah, next week, next Sunday. Um, so, and me and Matt, here's the thing, I already, I've already, uh, I didn't order Matt, but I've asked him, uh, every day we got to retweet this, so that way we give even more people uh, time to vote. Uh, it's been almost a full day we have 134 votes on this. Now, I put out the poll saying, what would you like to see first? Would you like to see the Sonics come back? Would you like to see the Seahawks win another Super Bowl? Would you like to see the NHL in Seattle? Or would you like to see the Mariners winning a World Series? Matt, would you like to know the results so far? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, so out of the 134 votes, 9% of you want the NHL back in Seattle. Now, me and Matt, we're going to discuss this a little bit. Uh, first of all, Matt, you know, here's the thing. I'm I'm all for getting the NHL back in Seattle, but I don't think it's a necessary want that uh, people are focusing on at the at the pre-existing moment in time, due to the fact that you know we've got we've got the we've got the Mariners, we got the Seahawks, we we got the Sounders, and uh, we really want the Sonics coming back. So that's so that's a big thing. So I can I can understand of how uh, of how the uh, uh, the NHL in in uh, tell me in Seattle is not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know you know what, Mike. My, my, you know one one of the things that really stands out about that poll, and uh, you know I would be thrilled for any one of those things to happen. But when you, when when I look at that poll, you know either uh, you know you, you ask you ask folks, you know what would you like to see first? The Sonics come back. The Seahawks win another Super Bowl the NHL in Seattle, or the Mariners winning a World Series. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of splitting some hairs on some of this, but you know what the one thing that really stands out of all those things is there's only one of, one of those that's never really happened. Granted, the NHL, you know, the Metropolitans, it wasn't the NHL. It was, it was a little different. But the Mariners have never won a World Series. You know, we've, we've had the Sonics here. Uh, they've won a championship. You know, we've had the NHL here, or sorry, a hockey team here, professional hockey team. They won a championship. We've won a Super Bowl. We've been to three of them. We've never been to a World Series, and we've never won a World Series. That's why yeah. I voted for the medal. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And uh, the 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 third place vote right now is the Sonics coming back, which is twenty percent. Uh, 
And you know what? I think that I, I, I can understand that one. And then, of course, uh, the next on there is, of course, the Seahawks winning another Super Bowl by 27%. But you know what? I was, I'm going to say this. I'm actually a very a little surprised. I'm actually mm-hmm. very surprised at the, of how many people really would like to see the Mariners win a World Series first because the only reason I say this is because of the fact that um, the fact is, is that the Seahawks right now, they're the favorite in Seattle. They are the favorite mm-hmm. in Seattle. So that is why I'm actually very surprised at this, uh, at this poll. Because I was really thinking that you know maybe it'll be uh, you know a fifty you know very close with the Seahawks and the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl and the Mariners winning their first World Series, but it's not. The Mariners winning a World Series is the first thing someone people would like to see. Forty four percent have voted that, and I'm mm-hmm. very very surprised. <laughs> but 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 like you said, you know we've never seen a World Series, and someone said to me on Twitter, said that what would make the Mariners winning the World Series even better would be if they did it at home. If they oh, clinched, if they clinched it at home, it would just be the they, they. I mean, that would just be the icing on the cake. That'd be huge, wouldn't it? Oh my God! I mean, can can you just imagine of how this? Wow. Of how this city would react if that was to have happened. Oh yeah. Unreal, unreal. This city would erupt. And, and if anyone, if anyone remembers the '90s, the refuse to lose, the Mariners. Oh man, I, I tell you what, you know, I, and I, I know. Um, and I had a poll about this a while ago about, you know, what is, what is Seattle? Is it a, is it a baseball city? Is it a football city? You know. And man, I tell you what. When when the Mariners were rolling, I had never seen Seattle like that. That was something really special. The Seahawks got something really special right now. They really do. They have an incredible culture, an incredible organization, top to bottom. It's it's as good as it gets right now. In my opinion, it's the best it's ever been for Seahawks Seahawk football. But Mariners baseball, when it's when it's peaking, and we still haven't hit that peak yet, but we've been close. Man, that city was electric. That was a baseball city, and I, I still haven't seen anything like that. I agree with you, man. And you know what? I'm going to say this. Look, and like you said, you know, people think that when I've asked people, people say that you know Seattle is a football city. I'm going to stop them right there because guess what? Seattle's not a football city. It's a baseball city. It has been. It has always been a baseball city because. Um, really when the Mariners first or when the, when the Seahawks really first got to the postseason, there wasn't that much of a, uh, there, you know, as I remember a lot of people talking, there wasn't a lot of hype to go around it. And uh, first of all, I, I want to go off topic. Let's, let's first of all congratulate Kenny Easley for going into the fo- National Football Hall of Fame, making Seattle yeah. – and the way he and his speech, I heard his speech, and it was just, oh my god! I, I about, I about, I think I was. Uh, first of all, it was, it was very dusty, man. I got, it got a little dusty. <laughs> <laughs> that was an outstanding speech. One, one of the greatest to not only wear blue and represent the Seahawks, but one of the greatest to ever play the game. Uh, it, it's just an, an absolute class act. One of the best speeches. 
I, I've heard on the podium there. And congratulations to Kenny Easley. Um, very few have played as well and done such a great job representing the Seattle Seahawks and the 12th man. Uh, just congratulations to a great guy, a great player, and all around one of the greatest of all time. Definitely. And uh, getting back to what we were saying, again, you know, back when Kenny Easley played, you know, not a lot of hype was going around with this football team. Um, but the Mariners mm-hmm. were the first team. You know, uh, first of all, I don't want to count the Sounders out. The Sounders have had a great following since 1974. So I'm going to say this town is not just a baseball town, but it's also just as much as a soccer town because uh, the fan, the Sounders fans, you have no idea just how how dedicated the Sounders fans were to just, you know, a non basically a non a major league a soccer team and the support that they had. So, we need to give them some credit, but this town really is a baseball baseball town and it's I think it I think it'll always I think it always will be a baseball town no matter what. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you, Mike. I agree with you. You know, and uh you know, I I think you know, us Mariner fans you know, we're really, we're really hoping we can take that next step into the playoffs, into relevance, if you will. Um, you know, that's that, that's what that's what you do. You know, and that's when you do that, you, that momentum starts building, and you know, it's just really tough to get that momentum building when you're not winning, and it's just. You know, there's a man. I'll tell you what. There's there's so many twelves, and I'm so proud of them. I'm proud to call myself a twelve. And I know you are too, Mike. And that there's man, the energy at those games, the energy in the city, the excitement about anything remotely having to do with Seahawks football is it, just off the charts. But yeah, they're 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 winning. That's the difference. And winning. Winning breeds culture like that, and you know we're not there yet, but we're getting there. You know we got a, a young GM, you know we we got a brand new skipper, and you know we don't have all the pieces in place, but you can tell we're getting there. We're getting there. We're making those moves. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's gonna take a little time, but we're getting there. And man, we're just on that verge of getting that wild card spot just on that verge. So if we can continue to keep fighting, hey, we can shock the world, right? Yep, there we go. And I think <laughs> I think Brian will be really happy to hear us say that on the air because, you know, he's, you know what, we got to give yeah. some credit to him because we, I've seen him with the bring it. Mm-hmm. I've seen him with the shock the world, and I love his hashtags. But you know what? Yeah. I mean – I'm not. I'm not going to try to take some credit. I really don't want to t- try to take credit because I'm not really that much of an attention hog. Some people think I am. Some people think I, I really don't think I am. But you know what? I think the another really good hashtag that I that I've made this year on Twitter was, "Let's finish strong. Let's mm-hmm. finish the second half strong." That's what I'm saying. Fini- hashtag finish strong, and I think that's what all Mariner fans are hoping that we finish this. Uh, we finish this uh, this season off very strong. We finish off uh, the uh, again the 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 season in a good way to where we're where we want to be, and 
you know, I, I, I think I came up with a pretty good hashtag. I, I, again, I don't, I don't want to take too much credit. I don't want to try to sound like I'm trying to take or trying to basically trying to just, you know, trying to sound like I want credit. But I think that's a great hashtag that a lot of people should pay attention to because, I mean, it, it makes sense. Let's, I, I, the Mariners should do it. The Mariners should finish strong. Mm-hmm. And and now more than ever we need to because that's going to be the difference. You know, they, they've started off the second half of the season a lot stronger than they started off the season, and they've really battled back and battled through a lot of adversity. You know, th- this team is really mentally tough. They really are. And they're, they're man, they, they're continuing to battle and, I, man, and I, I keep reiterating, but, man, we're just knocking on that door, and we just got to take that next step. And we're so close, so close. And I'm really, I'm really hoping that uh, we'll be able to do that in this next week and a half. I hope so, too. Um, getting on, Still getting on to the Mariners. The Mariners made, some interesting, made a very interesting trade today, uh, trading Boog Powell to the Athletics mm-hmm. to get Yonder Alonso. And I'm going to say this. I am shocked that the A's gave up Yonder Alonso just for Boog Powell. I was surprised we got him for that cheap. But, you know, bringing in a guy like Yonder, Yonder Alonso, again, he's an, ex, uh, he's an ex-all-star. He's, I mean, to me, he's still an all-star. I mean, he kills, he kills the Mariners whenever, whenever we see him, so there's that. But, um you know, this this is a great signing because I think it also will it'll uh, show platooning uh, both uh, Daniel Vogelbach or not Daniel Vogelbach, but uh, Danny Valencia and uh, and him just in that in that way. And I like that. I like the fact that we are going to that we're gonna that we're that we're that we basically want to win. That shows you that mm-hmm. we want to win. We're signing. We're signing someone really good here, and some people are confused about this. And I'm like, I'm not. Guess what? It, it doesn't matter who we trade for outfielders. Well, it, it does matter who we trade for outfielders. But if if anybody has noticed, the Mariners are so deep in depth in the mm-hmm. out minor league and major league. I mean, to be truly honest, I mean, most of the outfielders <clears throat> that we have in the minor leagues, I I really do see them get traded because they're not going to fit with this team because of how of how deep this this roster goes mm-hmm. uh with the depth of the outfield. Yep. I love I like I love the signing. I, I love it. Uh, the guy brings a lot of talent to the team, a lot more depth to the infield. He's batting two sixty six this year, twenty two home runs, you know, uh, three sixty nine OBP. I I mean look, this was a great move. Jerry Depoto has made a lot of great moves this year and over the, last, the course of the last two years. You know, and, and I think it was Brock Heward that made a really good point about this. And his point was, man, it's tough to get pitchers. Everyone needs pitchers. You tell me a team that doesn't need pitchers in Major League Baseball. Uh, every team needs pitchers. And they're, they're, it's tough to get, especially midway through the season, right? Everyone's battling. And so, you know, what, what can you do? What, well, you can play to your strengths. You know, what do you do if you're struggling, at, you know, at pitcher? You've you got you you to have the best offense you can have, uh, you know, and bring in, you know, put up as many runs a game as you can because that's going to be the difference. 
And so I think it's a great move. It's a smart move. It's strategic. The guy, is, he's only 30 years old. He, he played at a high level. Love it. I think it's a great move. And, yeah, and just a straight-up trade for Boog Powell, I'll take it. I'm, I'm happy with it, and I think it's going to bring us some more of that depth that we've been looking for. Definitely. Um, so another thing, uh, man, about this Mariners team, again, you know, we're sitting, we're sitting well. I think, we're, I think right now the Mariners are sitting very comfortably, and oddly enough, last year, this is kind of where the Mariners were at. So, and, and, you know, people want to say, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. Look, I'm going to say this. This is a good thing. It's a good thing when we're sitting in basically the exact same spot that we were last year, but we know what we have to do to be better than last year. We have to be two games better than, we, than what we were last year. And, it, and you know what? We're a game and a half back of being better than last year. And, and, and again, th- th- this team is so close. It, they, they are so freaking close. To just mm-hmm. to, to to just you know pulling off that pulling off that upset pulling off that big uh, pulling off that you know basically mm-hmm. you know, uh, finishing strong and uh, shocking the world you know and mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be amazing when we do because here's the thing nobody had us nobody had us fin- being this good no one had us mm-hmm. doing this good and you know what I'm glad that they didn't have us doing this good. Do you know why? Because it just, mm-hmm. it just made it more, um, it just made it more, it gave the guys a little bit more uh, initiative to say, guess what? We want to prove these guys wrong because they don't have, they don't think that we can do what they think that we can do. So what mm-hmm. we're going to do is go out there and basically just prove them all wrong and just basically and uh, in the words of uh, in the words of the Indians coach in Major League, give him a big old poo burger to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, hey Mike, you know, and, and I heard this on uh, I think it was on uh, KJR, but you know, and, and I was thinking about this. But if someone said to you that, hey, midway through the season, you're going to be second in the division and a game and a half out of the wild card. Would you take that yes. before the season starts? I would have too. I would yes. have too. You know, <laughs> I think most Mariner fans would agree. They would do. And, you know, the funny thing is when you look at how hard this team's been hit with injuries, especially at, with our starting pitchers, I'm floored. I'm floored that we're second in the division and we're only a game and a half out of the wild card. And we still got, you know, we still got a few months to really, to really take that. Uh, there's still a lot of opportunity. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. So, heck yeah, I'm excited about that. And, you know, and hey, and we got a winning record too. Yeah, I agree. And um, again, again, you know, you say, you say, if you were to ask me if if I would be comfortable in this position, yes. You know mm-hmm. what? Guess what? People were not happy with how we started out. Look what we have done since that time. Mm-hmm. Look what we have done since that two and eight start. Mm-hmm. This team has been better, mm-hmm. and they're going to keep getting better. I guarantee yeah. you. This Mariners, what this Mariners team is going to do is 
I got to use it again. They're going to shock the world. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Yeah. We're ga- again, we're a game and a half back from shocking the world right now, taking the number two spot. But you know what? I don't think the Mariners want the number two spot. They want that number one spot. Do you know why? You get that number one spot at the end of the season, if you're number one in the wild card, guess what you have? Guess what you're going to have? You are going to have you are going to have a packed Safeco Field playoff atmosphere. It's going to be louder than the 12th man. I promise you. I've heard these Mariner fans. I'm going to say this. The 12th man have nothing. Nothing on the 10th man. The Mariner fans are the 10th man for the Mar- for this team because I've heard how loud we get. I heard it in the kingdom. I can still hear it in the in Safeco Field. Yes, uh, CenturyLink Field may pack over 60,000 plus. Yes, we may have, you know, two, what, 2,000, 20,000 less fans. It doesn't matter. We are, for, we are 46,000 plus strong. And when we get loud, teams will get distracted. I mean, look how, I mean, just when I watch replays of, of the 95 uh, games and just also watch replays of games back there in the kingdom, you know, fans. Guess what? Guess what? Fans were doing during during the uh, during uh, you know when uh, the opposing pitcher was uh, pitching. We were loud. We were loud all game long. And guess what? We were louder than the twelfth man. I'm going to say that we were we're still louder than the twelfth man. I get that we don't get as many fans as we used to. We don't sell out as we used to. But when we do sell out, guess what? This this crowd is loud. We are loud, and we are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. This is a, you know, this is a fan base that's really, you know, for the last fifteen years has really, really struggled to kind of refine its voice, and it's coming back, and it's getting there. And anyone that has lived through the '90s, early 2000s as a Mariner fan, you know how special this place is when we're firing on all cylinders. And I can't wait till we get back to that point. And we're making strides there. You know, you really look at the team, and, you know, if I told you at the beginning of the season, Grant, like, where, where – I mean, we, we all know where we are right now. You know, hey, we're second in the division. We're a game and a half out of the wild card. We're above 500. But, yeah, I mean, look at this team. This is a team that's been decimated by injuries, especially at the most crucial position, which is pitcher. I mean, we lost Iwakuma. We've lost Drew Smiley. We've lost Paxton for a period of time. We've had a, a very inconsistent and often injured Felix Hernandez. You know, your, your most consistent pitcher has been Ariel Miranda. I, I mean, if I were to tell you all that stuff was going to happen, I, 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 would you believe that, hey, we're still going to be above 500, we're still going to be in the playoff hunt, and we're still battling? I, I mean, it's, we're, in a, we're in a really good spot, granted, all the circumstances. And you know what? And I just want to bring this up because I think this is, uh, I think this is worth mentioning. You know, I, I was thinking about Scott's service and, uh, you know, and, you know, we, we've talked about like, man, you know, anyone, anyone who's a Mariners fan, you know, that lived through the Lou Pinella years, <laughs> you know, yeah, there, was, there was something so special about Lou and I, I loved him. His energy, his passion is just absolutely contagious. There was nothing like Lou Pinella in Seattle. But, you know, in Scott Service is a completely different kind of manager, completely different uh, in, in so many ways. 
But, you know, as I kind of take my time and I watch him and I evaluate him, I, I, you know, one of the things that really stands out to me is that, you know, this is a guy that came in for the long haul, and he didn't walk in to say the most ideal situation. He knew this was a team that's going to have to be rebuilt from the ground up. And you know, what does it take to be successful as a manager, as a coach, when you're going through that? You've got to be patient, and it's tough. It's tough to be patient. But he's done an outstanding job that, to be where we are with what we've gone through. So, hey, I, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't think the guy gets enough credit. I don't think Jerry DePoto gets enough credit. Um, but I'm really happy to have them in Seattle. And in a perfect world, if everyone had stayed healthy, I, I'll be honest, I really thought we'd be battling with Houston right now for the top spot in the division. But, you know, that's not how it's shaped out. You know, we've been hit really hard. But it's just a testament to this team just how much they've battled to be where they are right now and still fighting for an opportunity for a playoff. So, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with where we are. It's not where I want to be right now, but given the circumstances, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. I agree with you, man. I, I fully agree with you. And, uh, you know, again, we, we talk about this team and how and what they've gone through. I mean, we lost we lost our best we basically lost our best pitcher this year, you know, right off the back. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say this, you know what? You know what we got to witness from Drew Smiley? We got to witness him help them, help the United States win their first World Baseball Classic. Yes, it yes. And here's the thing: people want to blame the World Baseball Classic for the injuries, and you know what? That, that's that's a bunch of crap. There, there, I mean, there's no such thing that a tournament is going to that a baseball tournament is going to Basically, you know, you know, prevent our prevent our players from playing well, or you know, it, it, the injuries are unavoidable. No matter how, yep. you, no matter what you say, there's no way that anybody could have known that this would have happened. There's no way that that anybody could have known that of what would happen this year with this team. But you know what they've done? I've said this on Twitter so many times. This team keeps fighting. This team has battled through adversities time and time again. Do you know what they're going to keep doing? They're going to keep battling time and time again this year, and they are going to do something that is just going to shock the world, is just going to shock the entire sporting world, and they're going to make the postseason because with a depleted roster. And 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 you know what? And and, and before we uh, in. But, yeah, I mean, your thoughts on that before we get into our uh, next topic, of course. You're spot on, Mike. I, I completely agree with you. I think, I, you know, if they continue to fight like they've been fighting and make the adjustments they've been making, you know, they they got that mindset. You know, you were talking about it earlier. They got those shirts on that said, bring it. I, I mean, these guys are ready to fight. And the difference between this team that we're seeing now as, you know, a few years ago and probably over the course of the last, 10, 15 years, is this team's not rolling over. You know, then they come back. They're making moves. You know, they're bringing in guys. You know, there's the, you know, you, you look at a lot of these moves that Jerry's supposed to be making with the Mariners. A lot of these moves are smart moves. You look at it like, that makes sense. I, I get that. That makes sense. I see what they're trying to do. And th- this team isn't rolling over. They're fighting. And the expectations are higher than they have been in the past. 
this is a leadership group that expects to win. Regardless, there's there's no excuses here. Hey, next man up. Hey, someone got injured, next man up. I don't care if this is the king, this is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Next man step up. And, you know, we've had some success in some of our guys that have come up from Tacoma. And, and, you know, some of our guys kind of fizzled. Some of our guys have kind of stepped up. But, you know, at the end of the day, some of those guys have got some good experience, too, that's really going to help them out for the long run. Because a lot of these guys that are coming up from Tacoma – are young. We've got a lot of young guys that we're developing, we're grooming that, you know, hopefully will be a part of the organization for a long time. So, yeah, you're, you're, you hit it on the head. This team's not rolling over, and they're, they're, they're going to continue to fight. And I think this is the, the team that's going to continue to fight for the rest of the season until that door is closed. This team's going to continue to fight. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, before we get on to see a little bit of, so we're all done with a little bit of Maris talk, but we, uh, uh, I also want to send out, I, I almost, I forgot to do this last week, but I want to send out a big congratulations to former Seattle Mariners pitcher Taiwan Walker on the birth of his first child. I, huge yeah. congrats to him. And also, I think about uh, five days later, he hit his first major league home run. And I'm going to tell uh-huh. you this, um, Matt, I don't, I want to know if you saw that. But Taiwan Walker's first major league home, that thing <laughs> yeah. was that thing was not cheap. That thing was crushed. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you know what? I'm in uh, I'm in Diamondback country out here, and uh, yeah, I, I saw that on the news, the uh, on the, the local sports highlights, and uh, it's cool. I root for the guy. I'm a fan. I, I like him, and uh, I'm glad to see him having success and. Good for him, you know. You know, congratulations to him and his family on welcoming a new one, and um, and then just going out there and crushing one. That's so cool. It's it's fun to see, and that's just it's one of those things that makes baseball so special. You know, you don't see that anywhere else. So yeah, congrats to Taiwan Walker. Definitely. Um, well, we've got well, we actually have someone from uh, from Texas calling in. Uh, uh, caller, who are you? Hey, this is Weldon from Texas. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, great. To, wow, we got our first caller besides Matt on the show, man. I mean, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, I, I, I just noticed that you're on the show, but I mean, I mean, let's get your take on what we've been just talking about. If 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 what uh, whatever you've caught. Hey, I think you what you guys. We're talking about you did a great job, but you're talking about baseball. And that's not my subject. I, I'm a football guy. Well, we are going to – well, <laughs> here's the hey, thing. Hey, we're, we're talking football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you completely lost me. You were really in the uh, – you were really in the weeds about that baseball stuff. And I listen to you because, uh, you know, hey, whatever. But uh, I'm a football guy, and I love the Seattle Seahawks. My brother is a huge Seattle Seahawks fan. So I thought I would drop in here and listen to some stuff, and I'm, I'm figuring eventually you get around to football. Oh no, no, no! We're gonna, we were just about to talk football, but uh, uh, Matt, here's the thing about the football. Uh, we were actually going to discuss a little bit about Colin Kaepernick, but let's get, let's talk a little bit about the Seahawks real quick. Um, first of all, there was a scri- there was a scrimmage about, uh, there was a uh, fight that broke out between Jermaine mm-hmm. Fetty and uh, Frank Clark. And from what I've heard, it was it it, it wasn't just two guys fighting. It was an all-out brawl with thirty guys, and mm-hmm. had 
it had uh, at the end it had Jermaine Effetti getting punched by Frank Clark, and uh, you know what? And I'm going to say this, uh, uh, Pete Carroll, he wasn't happy, and you know what? I don't blame I don't blame him because first of all, I get that you know scrimmages are going to happen. I, I, when I went to training camp a couple of years ago, I saw I saw a couple fights. You know, I saw a couple scrimmages. I saw Ricardo Lockett and uh, Jeremy Lane get into it. You know, Ricardo Lockett, he pushed him. They were kind of shoving and everything. Ricardo Lockett got ejected from training camp. But but this is going over the top. And also, Jermaine Effetti, every year he's in a scrimmage. He's in a fight like this. And first off, I'm saying that I think the Seahawks really should find uh, Frank Clark for that. But they should also find Jermaine Effetti and tell him that he needs to, you know what, he needs to stop. This has got to stop. This is three straight years that he's been in a big fight in training camp. And you know what, if I'm Pete Carroll, I go up to Jermaine Effetti and I say, you know what, hey, guess what, here's the deal. You get into another fight, we're fighting you big time. You get into one more fight, you're done. Because I'm, t- because I'm going to say this, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they're not going to put up with this crap. And I will say this, uh, uh, Frank Clark earlier this year, he kind of got into it with a female, uh, re- a female reporter from uh, from Field Goals, I believe it was, and mm-hmm. he made a he made a, uh, some sexist comments. And you know what? I w- I wasn't for that. I, w- I was ve- I was very disappointed in Frank Clark and his comments. He did not apologize to her, I, so I'm a little so I'm a little upset at that. But you know what? I mean, dude, the Seahawks have got to have got to figure this out. Because we cannot have players, you know, punching each other. I mean, d- <laughs> does Frank Clark understand that he could have ser- that he not only could have seriously hurt Jermaine Effetti, uh, knocking him out maybe for a couple weeks to begin the season, but he could have also hurt his hand, hurting this team, mm-hmm. and w- him getting out and him being out of the lineup uh, for opening day and hurting us. I mean, did mm-hmm. he even did that even cross his mind? You know, football is such an emotional sport. And, you know, look, when it, when it comes to, to things like that, there's just there's certain lines you don't cross, right? There, there's just certain lines you don't cross. But, you know, I, I get it. I think we all get it, you know. And there's something to, to be said about Frank Clark. The guy's hungry. He's hungry. And, and this is his year, and the, the expectations that the team has for him, that he has for himself, are very high. Now, you, you don't go off and, and just, from what it sounded like, kind of just took a huge cheap shot on Jermaine Fetty. You don't do that. That's crossing the line. I, I, I like the intensity. I, I like that they're battling. I like that this team is hungry, but he crossed the line. You know, they're, they're going to take care of that in-house. You know, you don't air your dirty laundry. They'll take care of it. If something like that happens again, yeah, I think you got to start having some some serious conversations. I, I think they're – I don't know how it's going to roll out, the disciplinary action, but from what it sounded like, it was a pretty serious, pretty serious uh, cheap shot he took on him. And I like Frank Clark. I'm a fan of his. The guy, he's, he, he really is a special player. And I, I think I don't even think we've seen the tip of the iceberg on what that guy can do at this level. And I, I really think that he's one of my guys. I'm expecting to have a big year, to have a breakout year, to really be that dominant player that you know we drafted him to be in Seattle. 
So just don't shoot yourself in the foot and do something stupid. I know this is an emotional sport. I, I know you're hungry. I know you want to win, and I know you've got a lot to prove. But prove it on the field against, against you know, the other team. <laughs> don't hit your own team. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you're right, man. I mean, wh- why the hell hit your own teammates? I mean, it, it, it makes zero sense to me. Um, yeah. Well, uh, getting off that, t- well, uh, let's have let's have our caller from Texas. Uh, you know what? I mean, what's your thought about that? I mean, what's your thought about you know Frank Clark going after their own teammates and you know getting into it? And and again, also with Jermaine Effetti, again, this is his third straight year getting into it with his teammates and, and Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they got to be thinking in their heads, you know, this, this is unacceptable. This is three straight years now that we've had to, to deal with this crap. Well, well, here's what I have to say about that. And I think I, I kind of would like to present an alternate view. I mean, this is football guy. Seriously, you can't start talking to people about control your emotion. This is football. You know, when you get up and you're psyched and you're on, you know, you're standing there and you're waiting for that ball to be freaking snapped. And I played football. I played football through high school. I mean, oh my, my dream would have been to play in, in college in the NFL, but I, you know, I was just not good enough. But I'm in high school. You know, I'm a 16, 17 year old kid. I'm standing there just like freaking just gyrating at the line of scrimmage waiting for that football to be snapped and then the play goes and then you know they tell me you know oh don't follow through on the hit no dude that that's just I, I i understand that you can't do that all the time uh i i do especially when you're in the professional ranks and people's livelihoods are on the line but at the same time, when one guy kind of like slips up, we had the same situation here. I think uh, I, there was huge news uh, on my Yahoo feed with what was it? The um, the Cincinnati Bengals with that uh, that guy, um, their middle linebacker guy, uh, Von Kasberfik, mm-hmm. uh hit their their number one team uh, backer. And, and then it came out, you know, you wait 24 hours, you let everything calm down. You finally figure out that, you know, you look at the tape and perfect, like, kind of slipped and tackled the guy around his waist. But at the time, when it happened at full speed, everybody's like, oh, my God, you know, this guy is a tyrant. He, you know, he, he tackled the, you know, the running back. Hey, it's football. We got to quit tearing up this thing. And I know that uh, I will probably not be a popular voice in saying that we have to make football football. You know, uh, we we have to make sure that football remains the game that we all understand it to be. And that is a violent sport. And although people make a career out of it, and there are consequences to making that career out of a violent sport, they are paid very well for what they do. I yeah. I am a computer programmer. I am not paid well in the first five years of my employment contract because somebody's going to blow out my knees. I'm not. But I'm paid well over the 20 years that I'm going to do this job. So 
you know, just because somebody's paid well over the five, first five years of their career because they're in a violent sport, they need to be able to manage that money in the first five years as though it's their lifelong career. So I, I would like to present a alternate view in that I believe, although I don't think he should be attacking and hurting the people in his practice, it's, it's not right to slam on somebody for doing their job. He yeah. is a violent tackler. When he makes a violent tackle, you don't bitch at him for it. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what? I, I, I kind of see it your way, my man. I really, we, and we also really appreciate you calling in and and uh, and following us. We hope that we hope that you you know join us every week on the show. But uh, but you know, I do have to. I I, I got to disagree with you just a little bit on this. You know, I mean. Uh, I had a teammate in high school. He was he was a very bad teammate. Always argued with everybody. And one and one day he got into he got into it with me and you know punched me. And you know what? I was I was ready to go at it with him too. But the, you know everyone's holding me back. And you know when when you have a guy who who starts fight, it's just not a it's 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 not a good teammate. It, it, it's not good for the team. But you know what? If if they can sit down with each other, work their problems out, I can see it. And you know what? Again, I appreciate your comments. We we do appreciate your comments, and we respect what you what you say on us. We because uh, we haven't had that many callers on here, but so so we 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 really do appreciate you calling in, man. man. Well, hey, look, I mean, there's many points of view, and I I completely agree with your observation that someone that's outside the play that's just being mean to be mean is, and that's not acceptable. But someone that's making a play in the course of his regular duties does not need to be, you know, um, lambasted for that. I, I, I'm just saying, you know, these practices and stuff, you got to make it as real as possible. And uh, a Ray Lewis, a, a, a great Hall of Fame type linebacker, they got to make tackles, and you can't you can't be upset with them. When they do make a tackle, even if it's in practice, you know. But I agree with you. If somebody's just a somebody's just a little bitch, then then they're just not uh, a, a good team player, and they need to go away. But at the same time, uh, you know, somebody that um, just can't pull back from hundred percent to seventy five percent in practice, you know, I don't think we should. Uh, we should be all up in arms about it. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that, and um, I I think that uh, you know a lot of folks you know watching the sport you know they understand that hey you, you, there there's some slack you know there, there's some you got to give these players so they can play and they can prepare to play at a high level against the best athletes in the world. Um, you know, in this case, this is a case too where you know Frank Clark hauled off and punched Jermaine Effetti. You know, plays over. That that, that kind of goes to your point with, you know, someone being mean just to be mean. It, it was just, it was a very. It just wasn't a good move. It it, it could really. He could have hurt himself. It could have hurt the other player outside also, the and, scope of a of a play. Yeah. What's up, Mike? Uh, here's here's a, here's something that I also want to say. Another reason why it's not good because here's the thing. Um, 
and I and I, and I want both of you guys' opinion because uh, we're running a little short on time. We do have to get to two more subjects. I don't mean to rush this, but uh, I think the big reason why I don't dis- why I disagree with uh, the fights in practice because guess what? If you're going to do it in practice, you're going to do it in a game. You're going to get ejected. And you're going to cost your team. And Matt, your your thoughts on that? And then we're going to and then uh, Texas uh, 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 Z Handley. Uh, that's our, that's his uh, uh, his. Uh, screen name right now, but uh, Matt, you're... Yeah, you're my name is Z. Yeah. Z? Yeah, Z. Last name Hadley. Okay, okay, yeah. So, uh, we'll get your thoughts after Matt, but Matt, your thoughts mm-hmm. on what I just said about, you know, if you're going to do it in practice, you're going to do it in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you got you to, gotta, I mean, look, you're going to play with the same intensity that you play with in practice, so you got to get those practices to feel as much like a game as possible. And it's an incredibly emotional sport, like you guys have both mentioned. But, you know, just hauling out and throwing a punch, that's where you cross the line. That's where injuries happen. That's where suspensions happen. That's where teams get penalized. And that's where you got to draw the line. But, and and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that's okay because he, he's a young guy and he's, he's aggressive and, and he's out there to prove something. These things are going to happen. It's football. Like you mentioned, it's a violent sport. It's an emotional sport. These things are going to happen. And, hey, the best thing we can do is to handle it and move on to the next one. Definitely. I'll hand it back over. Definitely. And, uh, Z, uh, your thoughts on that? I think I totally agree with you. I think it, it also comes back to the head coach. You know, what is the – mindset that is uh, perpetrated for the team. Is it acceptable to have that type of outburst? And if they have that type of outburst, is there a consequence? You know, Mm -hmm. I know the show is about, uh, you know, the Seahawks and, you know, Seattle sports, but I go back to to what I said, uh, what I brought up uh, previously, because I I really am just a huge football fan. That whole deal with uh, Von Kessberg of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, tackling um, Giovanni Bavard, uh, Bernard uh, at the knees when uh, Bernard had off-season knee surgery. That was a huge story. So you go back to, you know, what does the coach think about that? Well, guess what? Like two years ago, that guy, uh, uh, Vontaze Bursek and Adam Jones, cost the Cincinnati Bengals a Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned in the playoff game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they had that game in the bag. It was completely done. The game was over. There was 37 seconds left on the clock, and they were winning. And they went in, and they gave the Pittsburgh Steelers 75 penalty yards if I remember correctly, and allowed them to kick a field goal and win the game, kick them out of the playoffs. And that was the best team in the AFC that year. So, you know, it, it kind of comes down to the head coach. You know, what kind of atmosphere are you creating on your team? Do you allow this kind of fighting internally? And do you kind of allow this dirty play? externally when you get on the field and you're kind of playing other teams. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, we, uh, so, again, I, I don't mean to speed this up. We do have to move on to our uh, last uh, topic before we get into our uh, off topic. But, uh, Matt, uh, the, the Dolphins faced a very serious uh a uh, very serious uh, roster move earlier today. They uh, were looking at a new quarterback since Ryan Tannehill, or not, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is possibly going to miss most of the season with uh, possible uh, knee surgery. Mm-hmm. And instead of drafting, uh, instead of going after the smart pick, and I say smart pick because I'm going to say that the smart pick would have been to go with Colin Kaepernick. They went with uh, they went with uh, Jay Cutler. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, again, please, this this is just me. I do, I did not mm-hmm. approve this. I did not mm-hmm. approve this because, for one thing, it's this. This is something that this is the reason why your 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 uh why the media is going out is saying that Colin Kaepernick is being treated unfairly. You know what? He is. This is unfair. Colin Kaepernick should have gotten that job right away because I'm gonna say this and and, and be honest with me. If you had to choose mm-hmm. between Colin Kaepernick and Jay Cutler, both of them who are not good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick used to be a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback anymore. But if I mm-hmm. had to choose between both Kaepernick and Jay Cutler I'll take Kaepernick because I'm not going to take a pick six master, a pick six master in Jay Cutler. This was a stupid move, an idiotic move by the Dolphins because they could have gone out and actually gotten a, a guy who actually could have helped them win a couple games and possibly maybe get into the postseason with a better mm-hmm. record and maybe have a chance at uh, going deeper into the playoffs than they already have. But instead, they go out and get one of the worst quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Any of us have ever seen. I mean, Jay Cutler used to be, you know, a, a, a star quarterback, but, you know, something happened to him, and then all of a sudden he turned into a pick-six master. And, you know, again, I'm going to say this. Colin Kaepernick isn't the best quarterback, but he's the best quarterback that if you have, again, you gave me two options, Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, I choose Colin Kaepernick because he is the better one. And, Matt, your thoughts on that? That you know, that's a it's a tough decision to make. Um, you know, when, when you're the GM of of a football team, you got to evaluate every detail you can, and 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 you know, and I know that you know the Miami Dolphins. They did look at Colin Kaepernick on, uh, you know, he's on the table because he's out there, and they knew they needed to bring in another quarterback, and they went with Jay Cutler, so. I think that says something, and I, and I don't. I, I'm not one of those. I don't think Colin Kaepernick's being blackballed. I and th- and this is my opinion, and and this is from my research, what what I found out, what I believe. I don't think Colin Kaepernick's heart's in the game. No, I, I think I, right there, I, I, right yeah. there, right there, Matt. Mm-hmm. That is that is exactly right. And mm-hmm. you know what? I I don't mean to interrupt you, but the media no. needs to, the media needs to quit. First of all, the media needs to just shut up about mm-hmm. how Colin Kaepernick is uh, being racially is being targeted racially. How he's not mm-hmm. being hired because of his because of his beliefs because of his race. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm going to say this: the NFL it's not a racist league. Eighty five percent of the athletes that are in the NFL are African American. 
Colin Kaepernick is being black is is being blackballed by the NFL because uh, of the fact that he is that his head is not in the game. His head is more mm-hmm. on activism and what is going on in the community. And I think mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick could do better doing that and not okay. being in the NFL. Yeah, but you know what? And, and and I'll take this back to the Seattle Seahawks. You know who brought in Colin Kaepernick for a look and let him walk without a contract. You know, I, I, I really believe, you know, and, and I know all, all Seahawks Nation and anyone who watches professional football knows that right now the Seattle Seahawks are a top-of-the-line organization. From our owner to our GM to our head coach, this, this is a great team that knows how to evaluate talent and bring in winners guys that want to play, guys that want to compete, and guys that want to compete for championships. There's no doubt in my mind. You can't look at that roster and tell me that's not true. And the fact that they didn't sign Colin Kaepernick, the fact that they thought there was more value in Trevon Boykin and Austin Davis than there was in Colin Kaepernick, I think that says something. And, And it's not always a physical talent thing. There's guys out there that are faster than Doug Baldwin. There's guys out there that are bigger than, you know, um, you know let's say uh, Ricardo Lockett, right? But that doesn't mean their heart's in the game and they're passionate about it and they're willing to put the time in, you know, studying the playbook at practice and competing every day against some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, you know, I, I really think that from what I've seen, some of the reports I, I've read from other GMs in the league, that Colin Kaepernick really, I don't think his heart's in the game. I don't think his head's in the game. And I'm not saying that's wrong. And you know what? At the end of the day, if, you, if your heart's not in the game, you know, we were just talking about how emotional, how violent and physical of a sport football is. If your heart's not in the game, you're going to get yourself hurt. And you're going to get someone else hurt too in the process. So you can't bring in guys to your organization that are lethargic and don't care about competing. Because you know what? That's just going to set a whole precedent for your whole team. And case in point, look at the San Francisco 49ers. You know, look, look, I mean, look, Colin Kaepernick put up some decent numbers. But he, he didn't, there was how many meaningful games were there? How, how many of those touchdowns came when it mattered? And, and you know what? Someone brought up a point that I thought was really interesting. Because if you watch the San Francisco 49ers last season, you know, who, who was the starter? It was Blaine Gabbert. And the whole time, you know, I think, what, for half the season, he was the starter. And not one player, not one player on the 49ers team was out there saying, Colin should be starting. Colin is better. Not one player said that. And I I think that says a lot that, hey, because they're all there at practice. They see who's playing. Chip Kelly, he's playing for – I mean, he's got to make sure the best players are out there because he has to win games to keep his job. And he put the best players out there. And I don't think Chip Kelly's some kind of, you know, anti-social issue person. The guy wants to win. You know, I, he hasn't had a great tenure in the NFL as a head coach. He, I mean, he, he did an outstanding job at Oregon, I'll say. But, I mean, if you're an NFL coach, an NFL GM, you're bringing in guys to come and compete and win games. And you know what? The Miami Dolphins? They didn't see it. And, you know, honestly, I don't blame them. I don't think anyone really cares about, 
you know, is really trying to blackball anyone about social issues. I don't agree with some of the stuff Colin Kaepernick says or does. I think some of it I admire him for. I think that's fine. But at the end of the day, this is about winning games. And if you don't think that that guy is going to come in and make your organization better, you got to go with the guy that you think will. And I think that's all they did. It's a simple case in point. And, you know, and I will say this about Jay Cutler. The dude has talent. You know, he hasn't always made the best decisions. The dude has a rocket arm. And, and, you know, maybe this could be what he needs. So, hey, we'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, they didn't have I'm, – I'm actually uh, – I was actually surprised that, uh, you know, Jay Cutler had stayed out as long as he did. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out. And uh, we'll, we'll see. And I, I know we're going to hear about it on social media. But, you know, hey, props to – the Miami Dolphins, you know, if they made a decision picking the best player they they thought was available. So that's all I can say about that. Yeah. And uh, Z, we're going to get your thoughts uh, before we actually uh, get you out of here because, again, we got a little bit of – we got one more topic to talk about, and uh, it's actually going to be a little bit baseball, so I don't think you're going to want to hear that. But uh, your thoughts your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick and in, in what we just discussed. Well, look, uh, uh, what was it? I'm, I apologize. I don't mean to be rude, but what was your name before? The guy you talking before? Mike. Oh, it's Matt. Oh. oh. Sorry about that. Mike. Yeah. Mike. All right, Matt? so I'm Matt, or I'm Mike, he's Matt. All right, so Matt was the one they talked about. Listen, dude, seriously, are you just like making stuff up because – Jay Cutler's the worst freaking quarterback. I'm telling you, this guy's horrible. I mean, you just have to look at his stats. The guy's, not only that, he's ugly as hell, but the reason why he's going to Miami is because of Adam Gase. Um, you know, the best year that this guy, Jay Cutler, matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. Jay Cutler made more money in the NFL in pay that was absolutely reasonable for any human being on the face of the earth for what he gave to the organization. But this guy's bad. He's like super, super, super bad. But when you look at, okay, the guy's super, super, super bad, but when was he his best? His best year at Chicago was when Adam Gates was there. So that relationship in 2015 between Adam Gase and Jay Cutler is the reason why he is going to Miami and and money because uh, Jay Cutler had a really kind of uh, uh, a lucrative contract with Fox as far as being an announcer for Fox uh, Sports, but he decided to go back into the NFL. Are you kidding me? So he's making a lot of money, and he's going back into a system that he understands. So as far as I'm concerned, the argument between should uh, uh, the Miami Dolphins have taken Colin Kaepernick or Jay Cutler, it all comes down to the coach, Adam Gates. And Adam Gates is familiar with Jay Cutler, and that makes the whole Kaepernick issue mute, completely mute. Is he a good quarterback? Does he deserve to be in the league? All that's mute. It's a relationship between Jay Cutler and Adam Gates, in my opinion, that brings him 
to Miami, and they never for a second considered uh, Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, again, we would appreciate you giving or taking the time to listen in and talk about uh, football, and uh, we do hope you uh, listen in onto the show for um, uh, for more weeks to come because we are going to get into more football as uh, football season uh, progresses into the or as uh, football season gets closer to uh, officially starting. Hey, listen, I, I think that's great. I, I love talking. Uh, um, I can talk my butt off, but uh doesn't mean that I think it's worth money. <laughs> but, hey, Matt and Mike, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate uh, contributing here uh, for the minimal amount I did, and I'll listen to you uh, in the future. Thank you very hey, much. Hey, thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks, guys. No problem. Have a good one. Uh, so, Matt, we are on the last topic. Uh, we mm-hmm. uh, first of all, I do. Uh, I want to send out a very deep condolences. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies almost an hour ago just posted this, uh, saying that uh, 1993 National League champion and Phillies Wall of Fame catcher Darren Dalton uh, has sadly passed away, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to send my deepest condolences to. Uh, the Dalton family and to the uh, Philadelphia Phillies organization. Uh, it's never good when you lose a player that has meant so much to your organization or any player in the organization as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Michael. Right there with you. I just want to echo that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, it kind of brings up a, a memory of uh, Greg Hallman, if you remember him. Uh, do you remember him in the Mayor's organization? Uh, vaguely, vaguely, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, me and uh, Greg, we actually became a, a pretty uh, good acquaintances uh, through his last year in the majors, and uh, you know, I was uh, looking forward to hanging out with him uh, when the season started because uh, we got to become uh, pretty good friends. And unfortunately, his uh, life was cut short uh, at a very uh, a young age, but. Uh, Getting on to the uh, our last topic, man. Uh, we're actually coming close to uh, what we were, what we say we wanted to around eight thirty. But uh, mm-hmm. Matt, uh, interesting, to- interesting uh, subject. I pick. Uh, funniest moments that have happened to us going to a Seattle sports or any sport event. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to talk about this, but earlier this season I went to a game where uh, we beat the Dow- or we we beat the Detroit Tigers, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the thing, uh, oh man, who was it at first base? Um, oh my goodness gracious, I can't remember the umpire's name, but him and Lou Pinella uh, have had a, a real, you know who I'm talking about? Him and Lou Pinella were were not good enemy, were not good oh, friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see if I can find his name because because <laughs> uh, I know uh, uh, Lloyd McClendon got tossed by him. Uh, so let me see who ejected him. Oh, man, I know. Uh, oh, my goodness gracious, I, I the name is right there on the tip of my tongue, but uh, I can't. I, okay, I can't quite remember him, uh, his name. But I was giving the first base umpire a really hard time, and uh, he was kind of uh, he was kind of saying, you know, he was waving his hand around and around. He's like, all right, come on, keep it coming, keep it coming, and. Uh, Funny enough, Omar Vizquel looks over to me, and I'm looking over at him, and he's and he's pointing over to me, and I'm say, 
and I'm and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at the fans. I'm like, is he talking about getting me ejected? And and the fans <laughs> they're like, yeah, I think they're talking about. It. And I'm like, hey Omar, you you want me ejected or what? And he's and he's I can tell he's he's way he's he's shaking his head up and down. And I'm like, come on, Omar, you can't throw me out. I'm the biggest I'm the biggest marriage fan here. I'm just giving I'm just giving him a hard time. And <laughs> I will say this: I've ne- th- that was one of the funniest things that has ever happened to me um, going to a Mariners game. Because it, it, here's the thing: I love how I love how they uh, Omar Vizquel was interacting with me a little bit because I got to interact with the Mariners great. I got to interact with one of the greatest shortstops in baseball, but mm-hmm. uh, one of the greatest shortstops was <laughs> was trying to get me ejected from the ballpark. And I just, <laughs> I just thought that that was just the funniest thing that has ever happened to me, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's good times, man. Anytime you go to one of those pro games, anything can happen, and it does happen. Jeez, <laughs> um, man. You know, a lot, a lot of games I've gone to. Um, now, did you say pro sports games include college games or? It uh, doesn't have to be uh, pro sports. It could be college. It could be any t- any sport that you want, man. Man, funniest moment? Jeez, you, you know, guy, okay, this is this is probably a little this is probably a little stupid, but uh, <laughs> um, I remember, and I think it was 2002. It was uh, or 2001. It was the 2001 season. Um, when uh you know they were uh they were building uh, the new Seahawks stadium and so the Seahawks were playing at Husky Stadium and I believe that was Hasselback's first year in Seattle and they were playing the Philadelphia Eagles at Husky Stadium and you know I remember going with my brother and a couple buddies and we were we were I mean we had great seats great seats uh we just happened to be behind Philadelphia's bench. <laughs> oh no! And uh, yeah. now you know, and I tell you what, it was you know Donovan McNabb was he was he was younger, and the guy was the guy was great. The guy he was great to watch. It wasn't a great day per se to be a Seahawks fan because we lost the game, but I, I'll never forget. Uh, there was this guy, and I you know I, we were probably in row three or four. I'm not kidding. We great seats. And there was this guy in the first row, just diehard Seahawks fan, and he's heckling all the Eagles. You know, they're doing a good job of kind of ignoring him and whatnot. And and McNabb comes off the field, and you know he's kind of he's kind of you know pacing back and forth on the sidelines. And you know, if you've been to Husky Stadium back then, they, it was back when they had the track, you know, the track oh, yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, you remember that. And uh, I just remember, you know, the, the the guy that's heckling, just he yells at Donovan McNabb. He says, hey, McNabb. And McNabb does the, the one thing you don't do is he turned around and he looks. Oh, and he no. Looks, <laughs> you don't do that. He looks. And the guy says, hey, McNabb. He turns around and says, you suck. And it was just. He just watched Donovan's jaw drop, and he just <laughs> turned around. <laughs> oh, it was probably one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. I, you, know, you see all kinds of funny things, but 
was just, you know, it was, you know, pro football 101 or pro sports 101. Man, you don't respond to hecklers, you know. <laughs> you ignore them because that's exactly what that guy wanted. And it was probably one of the most priceless reactions they've ever seen from a pro sport athlete. Uh, he, he did not see that coming. It was funny. It was a good time. And that was the start of a really good time in Seahawks football. I think that was uh, Mike Holmgren's uh, second or third year in Seattle. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, interesting thing happened to me when I was in high school when I played baseball. Uh, this mm-hmm. was about a year after this incident happened, but I remember I watched a video of Tony Gwynn Jr. Uh, he was getting heckled at a Dodger game, and what he did when the guy who was heckling him, and this was all on video, it's not on, it's, I don't think it's on YouTube anymore. I think they actually got deleted off YouTube, and I'm going to look real quick, because if it is on, if it is on YouTube, uh, I need to send you this, uh, oh, please let this be it. Yep, there it is. All right, so I will send you this video, but what it was is, Tony Gwynn was getting heckled at Coors Field by a fan. And again, and here's the thing, you don't turn around in pro sports. So what Tony Gwynn Jr. did was when the heckler was speaking, he put his glo- <laughs> he put his glove on his butt and started moving the glove up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and basically saying he's talking out of his he's talking out of his ass. Yeah. Oh. Chip off the old block, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and so the, the following year the following year, in my senior year in high school, I was uh, playing at Emerald Ridge High School. Uh, I was playing for Spanaway Lake High School at the time, and I had to deal with a heckler. And you know what? I actually turned around. I was I was getting so frustrated with him, and so all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Do what Tony Gwynn did. And this the the following inning, as soon as he as soon as he did it, he he started talking. I put my glove on my on my butt, started moving it up and down, up and down, up and down, and he kept going at it, going at it. I kept moving it up and down, up and down, and finally he said, he said, "You mother effer, you you turn around when I'm heckling you," and I just keep moving my glove up and down. <laughs> and the best part is, is that I won that because I pissed the guy off so much, <laughs> and and so my coach at the end. He's looking at me at the end of the game. He's like, Mike, what were you doing out there? And I'm like, oh, I was just dealing with someone who was talking out of his ass. I was <laughs> – and he's like, he's like, were you dealing with a heckler? And I was like, yeah, I was dealing with a heckler because – and uh, the, the heckler actually came down uh, from, the, from the outfield grass behind the fence and to talk to me after the game. And he was, he was like, dude, you know what? I got to give you some credit for dealing with me. And I'm like – like, hey, it's all in good fun, man. It was all in good fun. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's good times. That's good times out there. It is. It is. And 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 here's the thing. You know what? The, I want to bring up this before we actually get the show done. And again, another good mm-hmm. successful show with you, Matt. And 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 here's the thing. We had our first caller on here, and that was that was the best part. We had our first caller on the show. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, one of the best parts I love about going to uh, the Mariners games is I go. I usually go early uh, in the uh, in the uh, uh, during batting practice because when batting practice happens, you know the guys are the, the guys are out there. There's you know uh, I've talked to Scott Service times out in the outfield. I talked to Dan Altavilla. I talked to Scott or Steve Ciszek, 
And uh, here's the thing, and Ciszek is gone, but uh, uh, I won't get to I won't get to hear this anymore. But uh, over a time, Ciszek's uh, uh, first season, uh, I've caught in two seasons, I've snagged over fifty, almost sixty batting practice baseballs, and Steve Ciszek has thrown me a lot of them. And after the first, I think after the half halfway point in the first, yeah, after the first year, uh, I was. Uh, or yeah, after the halfway point in the first year, I always yo, hey Steve, and uh, finally in the second <laughs> half, uh, he knew who I was. He knew I, who I was at that point because I was always the first one to yell, hey Steve. He turned around, he's like, yo Irish, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what? Awesome. Yeah, that's one of the best parts about baseball is uh, going early in the games. You get to interact with these guys and. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this year, I told Scott Service that a ball was coming his way. I'm like, like, yo, Scott, heads up! And he just, and it, it looked like Scott was about to duck it, uh, from a grenade, and <laughs> well, the ball actually landed about three feet uh, on his left side, and he's like this. He's like, he's like, thanks for warning me. And I'm, I'm like, well, do I get the ball? And he's, he's like, no, not this time. <laughs> Oh, that's great, man! That's awesome to hear that. It is. It's always great to interact with these uh, with these stars and everything. But you know what, Matt? Our show has officially come to an end. Uh, I want to again. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Cannot wait to do it next week. And next week, uh, we will be on the air at three at six o'clock. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. do an early show. We're going to try to get. We're going to try to start doing the show at six o'clock. That way. Uh, we can possibly do maybe a two-hour show to get done at around 8 o'clock, or we, or we will do possibly an hour and a half. We're going to try to do that. We're going to try to speed things up because Matt did point out that, you know, you guys probably don't have that much time on your hands, and you guys are a little bit busier. But uh, you know what? I've got to look forward to tonight. I've got Game of Thrones to look forward to um, right, after, <laughs> right after I get off. So, uh, Matt, what do you got going after this, man? You know what? I think uh, I'm going to – Make some dinner and uh, relax a little bit. Call it a night. And uh, man, this is just that this is that fun time of the year where you got uh, you know, the Mariners are playing. You know the the Seahawks are you know about to you know they're starting to get in the preseason groove and the Huskies are on their way. And uh, all three teams are going to be really fun to watch the rest of this year. Definitely, and actually, here's the thing. Interesting. Before we go, I try to get JoJo McIntosh from the from the uh, University of Washington uh, on mm-hmm. the show. Come to find out that I, if he would have accepted it, I would have not only have gotten him in trouble by the NCAA, but I would have gotten in trouble with the NCAA as well. And I will say this: I'm glad that he told me because I I would not want to get him in trouble with the NCAA. And and let's be honest, man. I would not want to get. I would not want to be in trouble with the NCAA because, of course, their lawyers lawyers would probably reach up into my, reach up and grab every penny that they could that they could possibly in in a in suing me. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that worked out pretty good for us. Definitely, and uh, we are and a little bit. Uh, uh, I believe this is going to happen. Uh, we are going to. Uh, just to let you guys know, uh, around the August 20th, let me check. Yeah, August 20th, we will not have a show. I will, or, or we're going to have an early show. We're going to have a very early show on August 20th. 
Uh, we're going to we're also going to be possibly having a very special guest on the show, uh, one of the Mariners draft picks, come on the show and talk a little bit with us. But the only reason it's going to be a very early show is because I got a Sounders game to get to that night. <laughs> hey, that sounds good, man. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I always enjoy everything, man. All right, Matt. So uh, again, I'll see. I'll talk to you on next week on uh, at uh, six o'clock, man. Hey, it sounds great. Great show, Mike, and uh, thanks to uh, our callers for calling in, and it's great insight. Definitely. And this is me and Matt bidding you a good night, and we're going to say two things, to, or we're going to say three things tonight, both go Mariners, go Hawks, and go Dogs. Amen, brother. Hey, Mike, uh, give us your email address. Oh, we still got our caller, uh, our email address. Uh, my email address is uh, K-N-G-R-F-F-Y. J-R-F-A-N-1 at AOL.com. Are you still there? I'll stand here. Say it again, please. All right. It's uh, K-N-G-R-F-F-Y-J-R-F-A-N-1 at AOL.com. We got it. All right. Well, again, have a good night, folks, and we will. And me and Matt will see you here again on the podcast next Sunday at six. Again, go Mariners, go Hawks, and go Dogs. Have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.